So welcome Noel to Building Futures Career Conversations with leaders across the built environment. So just for everyone watching today, can you just describe yourself and your job at the moment? Okay, I am Business Development Manager for a small contractor in Northern Ireland, Mascot Construction Europe Limited. My job is to talk and I'm very good at that, so my wife says, and uh, I reach out to various people to, to, to gain business, but uh, I wear many hats. I represent the CAOB as a trustee. Right. I'm currently sitting on the CITBNA board, which is all about skills development for, for young people. The CAOB obviously reaching out to professionals across the globe. I'm very privileged to be a trustee of that. In short, I've had over 40 years experience in estimating, bidding, tendering and business development and probably my skill sets are really in, in helping a business grow. Laterally, and to, 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 to my shame a little bit, reaching out to people in need, people who are underrepresented and this whole piece about equality, diversity and inclusions, something that's been very passionate for me over this past number of years and I sort of wish I'd started 30 years previous. But sometimes you need to gain experience to understand what is happening in the industry. It's, um, it's a particular passion of mine to be able to be supportive to anybody that I've worked with in my career. I've had the privilege of training and mentoring so many wonderful young people as they come in from university and to the bid teams and the business development teams that I've been operating in. I suppose um, in particular the whole piece about women in construction, the industry does need to change and it really needs to embrace people from all backgrounds. So Noel, we met at the Women in Construction Awards and the reason I was so passionate about getting you here today was because you stood up on stage and you talked as a man you were winning the male ally at the Women in Construction Awards and you spoke so movingly and so eloquently about your views on how we improve um, equity, diversity and inclusion across the construction industry, but also how you felt as a male ally, how important your role was. Can you talk more about that? Because I remember feeling so inspired by what you spoke about. Well, thank you for that. Um, for me and my career, uh, it's always been, uh, me as a person, it's always about trying to do the right thing for people. At the end of the day, everybody is somebody's child. And it maybe sounds very nice to say this statement, but I've always wanted to try and do for somebody else's child what I would hope somebody would have done and has done for my three boys. And every person that comes in to the place I work with, they're somebody's kid. And everybody has a role to play and particularly the, the whole business of females and construction and women in construction. I have seen the hurt caused by men to women. I have had the privilege, and it is a privilege to me, to, to listen to the stories that women I have met in my career 
in my work with the Chartered Institute of Building and listen to how they have had to deal with issues that we thought maybe we had got over, but they're still there. The wolf whistling, the innuendos, and it, it saddens me to, to, to hear of that. And, and now, recently just becoming a grandfather for the first time to a lovely little bouncing 11-month-old 11 11 baby girl, I sort of had challenged myself, why are you doing this? And I look at her wriggling on the floor, playing about, and I realise I've got to be part of building a future for future generations coming into the industry, male and female, but particularly female because we really need to embrace this subject. We have to change. And across the globe, there are so many different cultures uh, that we have to deal with. But ultimately, it's about respect. We have got to respect each other. And if we cannot have respect as professionals, we have nothing. I mean, we talk about professionalism, integrity, and experience, but I feel that respect binds all of those together, that we work seeing people for the role they do rather than whether they wear a skirt or a pair of trousers. No matter what race, background, sexual orientation, ability, disability, we've got to embrace people as people, as somebody's child, basically. So we met at the, as we said, the Women in Construction Awards. Yes. Do you know yet who nominated you for the Male Ally? Or even was there something specific you'd done? Or was it just generally this amazingly inclusive, positive, warm, that kind of feeling that comes out of you whenever you talk about inclusivity across the uh, built yeah. environment? I think, um, no, I never find out who nominated me. And in some ways that doesn't matter, but I was very honoured and very overwhelmed to have even been considered uh, whenever the paper came through, to, to the application form came in. But I, can, I, I have been involved, never mind my work life, it has been peppered throughout my career of reaching out to young students and young people at the start of their careers, many who now are leading lights in the industry but I've also, because of social value uh, opportunities, reached out to local communities in Belfast and uh, working with, on, with uh, socially deprived groups and areas to reach out to try and encourage them uh, by offering opportunities because a lot of the government projects have these social value requirements and we're to bring in um, apprenticeships and offer opportunities to long-term unemployed etc so I've been involved in all that piece but I think also through my work with the Institute the Chartered Institute of Building which is a real passion of mine and I have been involved in uh, as a trustee but also on the various committees and boards within the Institute of listening to how we reach out, how we plan and provide pathways to membership. And the woman in construction thing, I was asked by the CITBNI to um, come in as a male ally for them, as somebody that would 
stand up for them as and, and be able to provide networking opportunities and bring my contacts into contact with, with the CATBNI. So I've been involved in helping out with a couple of their summits. I've been involved with careers advice uh, for, for young girls coming from, uh, it was all virtual, but brought together some people I knew from industry to be able to speak at that event. All women speaking to young women in schools and colleges. And I suppose maybe that's where it came from. But I even feel as if I still haven't done enough. Um, Women's Tech in Belfast is a wonderful organisation that I've become involved with a little bit. Um, reaching out to women in the area, teaching them basic trade skills so as they don't have to pay for somebody to change a plug. These sort of little ideas. And one of our young apprentices within, within Mascot, she has come from that particular Women's Tech group and is now just recently won uh, Apprentice of the Year in Northern Ireland through the, the Construction and Flowers Federation Awards. And Shannon is just, uh, she's worth interviewing because she just has such a passion for the industry. And as a young female joiner, she's now mentoring another female joiner within the company. Wonderful. And there is such, there's such so much, so much good work that I've been able to be involved in. Maybe that's why I got nominated. I don't know. So if I was to give you a magic wand and you could make either government or the industry change maybe one or two things to make it more diverse, what, what are the key things do you think the industry still needs to do to make it a place where everybody feels like it's, the, it's a place they could have a career? Yeah, I think for me, for young people coming into the industry, they, they have to look at it from a point of view, do I really want to be involved in this industry where people have been asked and are being asked to work exceptionally long hours, working to unrealistic programmes. And I think I spoke about that in the awards night that industry, clients, government bodies need to change the way they think. We talk about reaching out social value to the communities in which we work, but I firmly believe that we must reach into the value of the community in which we work in ourselves. We come from various arts and parts from around the countryside as a community to work together. So maybe government should be looking at how they, through their project tenders, set in some criteria about how do you encourage and how do you develop your workforce. We've got, I believe clients have got to realise that there has to be an optimum time for doing the work. There's got to be some way of providing opportunities for young people where they are not working to live but living to work. Is that the right way? Absolutely. And you know, it's to me, it's. Um, I certainly would question seeing my sons and my daughter-in-law working 60, 70, 80 hour days. How else are they ever going to have a family life? Family life is as important as work life. It used to be it was a third of your day was your working life, a third was your social life, and a third was your rest. That has all turned in its head that it's maybe even 50-50, mm. even if not. So yeah. it's got to change, industry's got to change. 
And that would benefit everybody, wouldn't it? That wouldn't be making that change because EDI, as you said, isn't just about the gender split, which, as we know, is very much skewed towards men. I think it's only one percent of of people on site are women, and I think it's fourteen percent across the in, the wider built environment industry. But also, those changes to look internally would would, if you think about those working patterns and the working conditions, would include would mean that so many more people would consider it as a as an industry because. We, as you said, have such social impact within our industry. And you mentioned that. What, how, I mean, I always feel that we don't really talk enough about the social impact of what we do. What have you observed about, do you think we're good at talking about the social impact of the built environment and what we do every day to change people's lives? Or do you think we do promote it well or, or not so well? I, I think we could do better. I do think there are, that there is good, um, positive vibes coming from people like yourselves who are reaching out to uh, to, to careers uh, in your careers advice and in your, your work with with, uh, with with new applicants coming into the industry. One of the biggest challenges I feel is that we have got to educate the educators as an industry. From the point of view, and this is again part of the work I've done in the past, that the education system and the, the, the careers advice teachers within many schools don't really understand what's on offer within the construction industry. They, they, they tend to parcel women up into the caring professions and the boys will do the technical professions, whereas if we can energize the, ener the, the, the industry to reach out and adopt the school type thing and educate the educators to understand that, you know, the likes of art and design, that can be used in the business development and the marketing of a construction company. I've sat at so many careers, events, uh, careers events and kids are coming up and saying, what about IT, what about IT? And I'm saying, well, yes, we do have IT. We have BIM, we have clash detections, we have architecture, we have all these things. And yes, IT plays a very big part in our industry. So yes, we've got to educate the educators, but I also feel we've got to educate the parents of the future generations that they will see their little Jane or their little Jimmy coming into an industry that has such a wide array of activities and job opportunities for them. And it's about that social purpose because this generation, we're told, and I, from what I observe, is absolutely true, care passionately about values, mm. they care passionately about the impact they can make on society. And that's where I feel that genuinely working in the built environment as I have done for the last 20 odd years is we genuinely do. We actually make an impact. You know, when someone turns their tap on in the, in the morning and clean water comes out, that's because we've had an impact on that as an industry. Yeah. When they get in their cars and they drive down a road or they walk to school, all of those things have been put in place because someone across construction or property has thought about those things all the way down to the office that they're in, the home that they live in, the electricity when they turn on the lights. And it, it's all us 
and yet I don't know if we talk enough about it but as you said if we start speaking to people young enough they then can see actually it's a really good industry to be in Um, so we've talked about that social impact Uh, from your point of view then taking it even wider one of the biggest issues socially that we have to deal with is at net carbon zero. So the UK government has set targets of net carbon zero by 2050. And that just feels like it's arriving very, very quickly. And this is obviously a moral dilemma for everybody. We've got to deal with it as a planet. What are you, are you feeling nervous about net carbon zero being achieved? Are you seeing things around and about the built environment that makes you feel confident that we're going to achieve it? Yes. Yes, yes, there's a nervousness, um, but I think there's also the positive work that's being done by so many talented individuals. Um, We we are looking to offshore energy, we're looking to the electric cars, and we're seeing that more and more coming in. We have to change, because at the end of the day, we, 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 we see our children and our grandchildren. What is my little granddaughter going to be living in in 50, 60 years time? And so, yes, things are changing. We are already seeing passive house. We're already seeing um, net carbon zero activities coming more and more to the fore. Because if we don't, we won't have a a world to live in. (laughs) It's as simple as that. And do you see the construction property industry across the UK evolving? Do you, can you see innovative tools being used? Do you feel confident and excited by it or still? I'm confident. I think there's a way to go. Mm. Um, but I, I am encouraged by the fact that particularly the likes of uh, social housing providers yeah. are looking at retrofitting yes. uh, schemes. Our company has been involved in that. And that's, that can only be for, for, for the benefit of the public and the benefit of uh, homeowners going forward. There, I suppose the one concern I may have is, what's the cost to provide these new forms of energy and the payback periods mm. and the affordability? So I suppose that falls back on then that if we're gonna have these new technologies, and paying for them, we're going to have to have the, reprocip- the reciprocal um, rise in pay and you know that sort of thing going forward for people to have a decent wage and a, and a fair wage to be able to pay for this as well. Absolutely. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but um, it's, it's something that I suppose, yes, it's happening. I'm seeing, I'm hearing of so many different, uh, particularly this wave technology off the west coast of Ireland and everything, it can only be good. Absolutely, and as you said, people, if they're gonna need to retrain in some way to deal with low carbon, um, you know, boilers or in terms of moving from boilers to heat source pumps or whatever the equivalent could be, it's the support financially for them to retrain in the necessary way to be able to switch to these more sustainable heating and lighting systems, etc. Yes, and I think, I suppose, really um, going into what the likes of the CIOB yes. is providing is that um, continuing professional development of its membership um, through courses and seminars and webinars about um, how we're addressing the, 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 the net carbon zero uh, 
industry, uh, training our members up for that, letting them understand the new technologies coming forward. So yeah, um, th there is a positivity. The, 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 it's, it's a wee bit like the whole woman in construction yeah. piece. Um, we have definitely scratched the surface and we've made a fairly decent scratch yeah. into the surface, yeah. but there's still so a long way to go. And it's going to be the same for the, 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 uh, the, the, the green agenda as well. So just circling back to that point around EDNI, if you could now, because you're talking about your young granddaughter and you're saying, you know, if she was to consider this as an industry, if you, you know, you have, you are a spokesperson and also you have influence over the industry, what would you say to people, if you could just do this, this is going to make it so much easier to have better diversity? Are there things that you, if there's one thing or two things you could just do, what would that be? Treat people with respect. Look at people for the role they do. Don't judge people. And try to reach out in a positive way to encourage. I would call this the across the coffee table evangelism, yeah. where you can encourage so many people by just asking how you are how's things going for you and I think the one thing that I've really become very aware of is that you know we we just don't know who is carrying what with them whenever they come through the door of an office so that's why we have got to learn to be very aware of our circumstances are very aware of what's going around uh, us in the office environment that we work in because sometimes it's the hidden disabilities it's the hidden burdens that people are carrying mm -hmm. and that's why it's learning that and maybe being trained and understanding how we react and behavioral behavioral attitudes mm -hmm. uh, to people because um, you just don't know what burdens people carry mm -hmm. coming into work and Particularly, um, I've been through that experience with my son 10 years ago, and it was difficult. And I think this, that ultimately, this piece about respect for people you're working with, people that you interact with day and daily, don't judge them. Try to understand if you can. Try and open up a conversation. Just be real to real people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, I have to say. So, um, about back to you, because I think you're very, you come across as a very modest person, and yet you win these amazing prizes and you're in these, these positions of influence. So, what like, advice, career advice would you give? What have you done, or there's a way, a mindset you have, or decisions that you make that you think has got you to, to, to where you are now, in terms of your role, the role within CIOB, etc. What? Yeah. I think work hard, be dedicated to what you're doing. Try and try to work with everybody. Uh, I've said about the respect piece that ultimately is the main. The, the main driver for, for, for me. Um, try and understand the situation, try and read the situations that you're in. 
make the most of every opportunity as, as you go along. I think also you've got to realise your, your own uh, experience, your, your, your own sort of limits. And, um, and understand that many times you're part of a team yes. and people have thoughts to feed in. So allow that to happen. Manage people by walking behind them. Lead them by encouragement. Lead them by example. And I'm going to say again, lead them by giving them the deepest respect you can. I love that. Um, Noel, I've learned so much today just from, you know, your humbleness, but also how much you always think of other people. And I think across the industry, we need more of that, not just so that we can get better gender balance or imbalance of anything, but also when we think of, you know, it, men's mental health issues um, as in a male dominated industry and how much what I'm hearing is the importance of kindness in leadership. And that's what's coming. That's the thread, I think, throughout everything you've said today is that kindness, that thinking for others. When you said, you know, you walk behind them, I just, that, that is, that's the real metaphor, isn't it? That mental image of how you can really lead in a kind way. And that basically came from my last year at uh, college way back in 1980, so you can figure out my years now, but that was said to me in the midst of a management um, seminar, mm. if you want to lead the people, walk behind them. And I never forgot that. Mm. And as I say, everybody is somebody's child. And try and treat people with the respect that you would hope somebody would give your children. So now we started our journey at the Women in Construction Awards and I said at the start I was totally inspired by you and what you said and it was your humility, it was the kindness and yet actually with an edge of we will get this done, there's a steeliness to you as well of we will get this done, it's not okay and this is going to change and wrapped up in this wonderful, kind, thoughtful, empathetic person. And I know listening to you that I've certainly learned a lot about how beyond construction and property, how I want to lead in a different way from what you've been talking about and how important it is to think about others. So thank you so much for coming in today and talking to us. No, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, hopefully it will be of benefit to whoever listens to this. But I've thoroughly enjoyed it and feel very privileged to have even been asked to, to do this. So thank you very much.